Okay, guys. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming out. This is the last, the wrap-up. So like I told Steve, what I got to say, I got to say tonight. So um, I'm going to talk real fast. Uh, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this time that we've had um, to talk about um, the warfare that we're in, and not that warfare is a great happy subject, but it is happy when we realize that you have won the victory, you've delivered us from the dominion of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the Son, who you love, um, who you, and you love us as much as you love your Son. What an amazing thought, and uh, we're secure in him. So we thank you for that. As we study tonight, we just pray that you would help us to understand how we might live well in this, in this crazy world with uh, enemies and uh, in crazy situations around us. Uh, may, may, may you give us understanding and the ability to apply. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is um, following up on last week on the enemies, Satan, and the the powers of darkness. We're going to talk about essential knowledge and strategies tonight. So um, we left off last week with uh, the idea that there are a host of evil spirits out there, demons, Satan, whatever, who rebelled against God and are destined for destruction, and they want to take all of us with them. So um, it doesn't sound, sound very good. And, you know, I said on your paper there, uh, review, Satan equals ubiquitous and bad. Ubiquitous, you know what that means? It means everywhere, everywhere you look. Oh, there, mm, there. Mm. So it's kind of like this. Um, it's kind of like this. You know, we talked about, we talked about um, going down the road, and um, I'm going to draw it like this this time. And you've got to make this decision. You come to this crossroad, and here's the way of God and the way of the world the way of the world, and the way of God. When you're, when you're struggling with that, with that decision, with your flesh, with the world and its pull, who's there? Satan. Powers of darkness. They're there, okay? Let's just say D. He's there, all right? The devil. Um, you say, say, you're, um, say you're, you're down in the dumps. You're down here, man. You're just feeling it down. Um, where do you think... Who's with you there? He's there. He's trying to he's trying to keep you down. He's going to be trying to keep you down. Um, suppose you've been walking along and you get down kind of in a quagmire and you've gotten yourself into a mess. Who's there trying to keep you there? Satan, you know. That's why I say ubiquitous. He's there. He's he's around. Suppose it's just a weakness. Suppose you're just tired. Let me just draw it like this. I'm a stick man guy. All right. Um, so you're just tired. Uh, it, it's, not, it's nothing spiritual. It's just, you're just tired. Or maybe you're sick. Well, who's there? The bad guy. He's there. Um, playing on that. You know, you're tired. And you just feel like, man, I'm really discouraged. Man, and so he whispers in your, in your ear, and he says, yeah, you're discouraged, man. You're, you're just not getting the job done, man. You're so tired. You don't have any energy. You know, all this stuff isn't getting done. Man, you should feel terrible, and you do feel terrible. And he pushes you down, and he pushes you, and he pushes you. Um, he's there. He loves to do that kind of stuff. So that's why I say um, um, he's ubiquitous, and he's bad, okay? So we talked about that. Now, um, I want to give you one word of encouragement 
and perspective tonight, okay, to start off with. Satan on a leash. Love that picture, man. Here's, here's one of those things that, you know, as a preacher, you're looking for illustrations and stuff like that. I thought, could there be a, some kind of a thing, you know, picture something of, of a snake on a leash? So I, so I did a search, Google search, a serpent on a leash. <laughs> That's it, man. I love to look at the dog, you know, look at that dog. So anyway, um, Satan on a leash. Let's look at the passages there. Um, so let's, let's go around. Uh, Jane, if you got your Bible there, get your Bibles out. Look at Luke 22, 31 and 32. Eric, I'll have you go Job 1, 12 and 2, 26. Andrea, you can do John 13, 26, 30 with Luke 22, uh, 21, 22. Lori, why don't you do uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. And uh, Steve, why don't you do Romans 8, 28. Uh, that's pretty, pretty famous. And Royce, why don't you do Ephesians 1, 11, okay? And um, here's what I want you to do. I want you to read the passage to us out loud, and then I want you to say, what does that verse tell us about the idea of Satan on a leash? How does that talk about Satan on a leash? Okay, go ahead, uh, Jane. Okay, what does that say about Satan on a leash? Yeah, I mean, what did he couldn't just sift the guys like wheat? What did he have to do? He asked. He had to ask, okay? He had to ask. Um, I think the surprising thing in that passage is that Jesus didn't say, no, stay away from my guys. Jesus said, okay, sift the suckers, man, sift them. But I'm going to pray for them, and they're going to be all right, okay? So, but anyway, he, he's got to ask, okay? Look at Job 1.12 and then 2.6. Go ahead, Eric. Okay, and two, six. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, let, we, let's put them together, and then you, yeah, mm-hmm. Okay, so what's it say about Satan on a leash? One twelve. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, but what's he say? What does Satan have to do? Once again, it, it ties in with what Jane said. What's that? He had to have, he had to have permission, and then when God gave permission, what did he say? He set limits. He said, okay, you can do this and this, but no farther. And then in 2.6, he goes a little bit more. He says, okay, he lets out the leash a little bit more, but he's still got the leash. He says, you can go out this far, but no farther. Satan on a leash. Okay, 
Um, Andrea, what's, what's John 13, 26 to 30 with Luke 22, 21 and 22? What is it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, go ahead with Luke 22, 21, and 22. Okay, what does that say? You might have to think about that one. What does that say about Satan on a leash? So in the first, in in John, what happens? It says, Satan entered into Judas, and Judas went out and did his thing, betrayed Jesus, right? And then Luke 22, what does it say about that? Anybody want to help? Jesus was aware, but there's even a stronger word than that. It was determined. It was determined. What Satan did and all that was, it was actually determined, okay? Wow, that's interesting. Okay, Laura, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Okay, what's that say about Satan on a leash? Well, I think God released him. Um, so he's okay, he uses him for, for what kind of purpose? For good purpose in his life. In fact, it says, I was given. So who gave him? God did. God did. That mind-blowing, isn't it? Satan on a leash, you know? You get a picture there? You get a picture there? And then that goes with Romans 8.28. You, you might even know it by memory. Romans 8.28, Steve. And we know that for, for uh, those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Okay. What does that say about Satan on a leash, brother? So for those who know God, all things work together for good, no matter if we find ourselves in jail or in difficult times or financial situations. Or, or if Satan's attacking. In fact, if you doubt that, you look farther in that chapter, which may be familiar to you, and he talks about the powers of darkness. That's part of the stuff that works all for good. Ephesians 1.11, finally, Royce.
Okay. And that brings us to the question of what great theological truth is this a subpoint? Anybody? What great theological truth is this a subpoint? So what great theological truth is this a subpoint of? The sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. Yeah. Yeah. Predestination is a subpoint of that as well, but it's the sovereignty of God. God is sovereign. Satan works under the sovereignty of God. So people, Satan is not some loose gun that God has lost control of, that's kind of out there, just kind of um, out of control. He is out of control, seemingly. And he thinks he's messing things up. But God is sovereign. He's just like this. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. That's all going to work out according to the counsel of my will. So... That's one word of encouragement and perspective. I hope that's encouraging to you, just to me, man. Everything's working out according to the counsel of God's will. Satan is on a leash, okay? That doesn't mean he can't harass us. Look at, look at Paul. Doesn't man, mean he can't do crazy things. He does, but it's all on a leash. God's got him like this. He, he can draw it in. He can let it out. He can draw it in partway. He can draw it in really far. He can let it out really far, um, but it's in God's hands. I mean, you know, so we know like in, in the, in the uh, end times, um, there's going to be, Satan's going to, the leash is going to be let out farther and farther and farther, but God's still got the leash, okay? All right, so somehow that got messed up when it came onto your system. I don't know. I'll bet the, um, the, um, Dimensions of the screen are different. Anyway, so two points. Satan, demons can mess with your life. Yes, they can, but they operate on a leash held by God. So that's, that's the first word, okay? All right. Now, I want to give you um, three foundations to stand on. Um, the first is stand on the authority of Christ. Let's read Luke 10, 17 through 20. Let's all look at that. If you don't have a Bible, otherwise, use the pew one. But Luke 10, 17 through 20. This, this to me is like, this is at the heart. If you understand this verse um, <clears throat> and you don't have much else about um, spiritual warfare and handling demons and stuff like this, um, memorize these verses. This is, this is like 90% of it right here, okay? Um, Luke... Luke uh, 10, 17 through 20. So um, let's take it verse by verse. Um, let's say, Kyle, why don't you read verse 17? The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us 
Okay, so do you, do you remember the context of this? The 72 were, were some of Jesus, the bigger group of Jesus' disciples. They had just been sent out on this evangelistic mission, mission and doing all kinds of miracles and casting out demons. So what are they excited about here, Kyle, in that verse? Yeah, by them, in fact. Yeah, by them. You know, it wasn't some, it was just me. You know, it wasn't Jesus. It was Matthew and some unknown disciples who we don't even know. We don't even know their names. And they are out there casting out demons like boom, boom, boom. And I go, wow, this is cool, okay? All right. Um, and then um, in verses, verse 18, what does Jesus say? Um, let's, let's have... Uh, um, uh, Nate, why don't you read that one? Verse 18. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. All right. So this is an interesting verse, and there's controversy on it. Like, when was this fall? Was this like, did this happen when they started casting out demons? Was this Satan's, some kind of Satan's fall in prehistory sometime? Uh, when did this happen? Well, I, Jesus doesn't say, and I don't think it's important for the point here. Um, what, what does it say? It says, G Satan fell. That's what we need to know. Satan fell. So where is Satan? He's no longer up there above us. Where is he? He's down here below us. Okay? And how long did it take him to get there? Like that. It wasn't some protracted thing, you know. It wasn't some big struggle. I can't get Satan down, you know. I can't get him down. No, it's just like, boom, there he is. So that's the point. Satan's down there. And didn't take much to get him down there. Now you can debate, you know, let the, let the theologians debate when this happened, what that was all about. But that's what Jesus is talking about here. We know that's true because the next of the next verse. Um, somebody read, why don't... Uh, uh, Pastor Chris, why don't you read verse 19? <clears throat> okay, yeah. Um, so he says a couple things here. First of all, what has he given us? What's the first part of that verse? He's given us authority. And note, it's authority, okay, not power. And there's a difference between authority in power. And um, one, of the, one of the books on spiritual warfare I read gave the illustration of a policeman. So a policeman standing there in his uniform with his badge on and everything, and a bus is coming down the road, and he, he goes out in the road and goes like this. And what does the bus do? It stops. Well, is that because he's got some kind of power, like an Avenger, coming out of his hand and stops the bus? No, it's not his power. What is it? It's his authority. He's got the whole authority of the government behind him. And he goes, and, the, and, the, and the, um, the bus stops, okay? And so that's the difference. We don't have power. We, we should never think that we have enough power to stand up against Satan. Satan will laugh, laugh at us. And if you ever have an encounter with the powers of darkness, casting out demon and something, and you're not, you're not savvy on this point, Satan will, Satan will play with you and play with your mind and scare you to death. He'll, he'll, he'll say stuff like, who are you to think that you can stand up against me? I am Satan. And you're going to go, 
Oh, you're right. I'm just this little, and you're such a weak, puny little Christian anyway. What kind of faith do you have? It stinks. Think about what you did yesterday. And he's going to just tear you apart and you're going to go wilting down and he's just going to have, have the upper hand. But you don't have to worry about that because you don't have power. You can say, you're right, Satan. I am a puny little dude. In fact, man, I failed yesterday. I failed today. Jesus didn't choose me because I'm some Superman. He chose me because I was sick. The passage on Matthew, you know? Jesus, I came to call the sick, not the healthy. So Jesus chose me because I'm sick, and I'm sick, and you're not telling me anything I don't know, Satan. In Jesus' name, be gone. Because it's, it's not your power. It's, it's, it's Jesus' authority, okay? So um, that's, that's, very, that's a very important point. And remember, Satan on a leash. Um, then... then um, What's, what's the consequence then? What's the other part of that verse then? Um, Chris? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, because we just read how a demon was harassing Paul. So they can, they can, they can, um, they can hurt us physically, but they can't touch our life. They can't, they can't derail God's purposes for us. Everything they do is for our benefit in God's plan somehow in ways we don't we can't even comprehend when we get to heaven we'll look back and see it somehow it all works out for God's purposes and plan in our lives that's what he's saying Satan on a leash these two passages go together okay so verse 20 then um Jesse would you read verse 20 you got it there Okay, I love this. So he's given us a picture here. You know, we didn't talk about the snakes and scorpions. What are those snakes and scorpion deals? What is that? Is he talking about literal snakes and scorpions? He's talking about the powers of darkness. He's just given us a picture here. Um, and where are these things? They're down on the ground. That's what I said. Satan is down there. They're down there. And he says, you're going to, what are you going to do to these guys? You're going to tread on them. Okay, you're going to walk on, on them. So here's the picture. He says, yes, the world, as, 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 as uh, Luther's song says, though the world with devils be filled, you know? Um, yeah, they're here. They're around. They're ubiquitous. They're, they're there. They're there. They're there. But God doesn't want us to walk around in fear like, oh, no, there's one. Oh, no, there's one. Oh, no, no, there's another one. And run around like that. He doesn't want us doing that. What does he want? How does he want us to live? He wants us to look up and rejoice in our salvation and just tread on the suckers. Just tread on them. Just rejoice in your salvation like this. And, and that's, how he, that's the picture. That's the picture that this, this passage gives us. And, and very specifically, Jesus giving the picture of us looking up, rejoicing that our names are written in heaven. And yeah, there's, there's snakes and scorpions down there. You tread on them. So that's why I say um, this kind of confidence and, and joy in Christ, that's the heart of spiritual warfare. And we need to live that way. Okay, so um, that's why I said, man, I'd, I'd memorize this verse. These are great verses to memorize. Um, so here's, here's the key points of this. 
Um, we have been given authority of Christ. They are below us, the powers of darkness. They are below us, not above us. And we tread on them and look up, okay? So those are the three main points of Luke 10. So um, that's, that's the foundation, the authority of Christ that we've been given, okay? Stand on that, stand on that. Um, what's the second one? Look at your page. What's the second um, uh, encouraging word that we're gonna look at here, or the second foundation that we're supposed to stand on? What is it? Stand on the truth of God and his ways, okay? Stand on the truth of God in his ways. Here's, here's some facts for you. Satan knows God better than you do, okay? Satan knows God better than you do. He's been, he's been dealing with God for thousands and thousands of years. Um, he certainly knows the Bible better than you do, okay? He knows it. He knows it forwards and backwards. So what you don't know will hurt you if Satan knows it and you don't know it, you're going to be in trouble, okay? What you have wrong will defeat you because Satan knows you've got it wrong and he's just going to twist and turn and play on that, okay? So here's an important point. The more truth you know, the better you know it, the more integrated it is into your life, the stronger you'll be in the spiritual battles. All right, you got that? The more truth you know, the better you know it, the more integrated it is into your life, the stronger you'll be. You see, there's no, there's no formula here, like one, two, three, boom, everything's okay. Um, it, it's a matter of truth. Um, and we're not dealing with Ephesians 6, but if you deal with that passage in Ephesians 6 where it says, where it talks about um, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. You look at what that armor, it's all having to do with the truth of God about salvation and about our standing and about, um, you know, it, it mentions prayer as well, but it's so much of it is about truth, truth, truth. All right? Let's, let's take an example. Um, a lot of us have a very fuzzy idea about God, God is love. So we think, okay, God is love. Yeah, I heard that. The Bible says that. And so here's what we put an equal sign there. And we say, God is love. Well, that means, to me, that means God exists to love on me. Okay? God exists to love on me. What's true about this and what's not? God is love. What's wrong with it? Yeah, but isn't God focused on you? Didn't he send his son to die for you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, not, he's looking to fast for Chris. <laughs> You're on your own, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, didn't, didn't God die for us? Doesn't it say in, in Ephesians 2, and we, we, we could look at that and say, it, God's purpose 
throughout the ages is to show his incomparable great riches of love for us in Christ Jesus? It says that. So it sounds to me like God exists to love on me. Yeah, okay. What does he exist for? For his own glory. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, he exists to love us, but it's not the only thing he exists for. It's just part of it, okay? It's just part of it, all right? I mean, we could belabor this, but the point is, um, there are people that go through life thinking, God is love. That means God exists to love on me. Besides, that, that idea of loving on me, you know, when you say, oh, I, I just want to go love on those kids, you don't have in mind giving them a spanking because they did something wrong. What you have in mind is, is buying them ice cream cones and taking them to the zoo and giving them hugs and um, reading books to them. That's what you have in mind, you know? You don't have in mind, like, um, making them do their homework, um, you know, making them take a bath. When you say, I'm going to love on that person, I'm just going to hug that person and give them kisses and all that kind of stuff. That's, the, that's kind of the picture we have of God. God's got much, he does love us. And there's a sense in which this is true, but I don't like that idea of he exists to love on me. He loves me, but his love is tough. His love is directed. His love will give me a demon if I need it to keep me from being proud. That's how much God loves me. Somebody said, God loves you enough to hurt you. Okay? So um, here's the point. If you've got this fuzzy idea about love in your, of God in your mind and his love, Satan's going to play with that and mess you up. Because as soon as something hard comes to you, something happens, what are you going to do? You're going to say, well, what's with you, God? I signed up with you because you're here to love me. And here you, I lost my job and I prayed and I don't have it. My wife is sick. She's got cancer. What kind of God are you? And you get all angry at God. It's not God's fault. It's your fault. You just got a fuzzy idea. But Satan's going to play on that, and he's going to play on that, and he's going to push that, and he's going to push it and push it and push it until you're so angry with God you can't hardly stand it, and you're going to quit coming to church, and you're going to have nothing to do with God again. Job understood it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the points of Job. Thank you. Thank you, brother. All right, so this is just... Just one example. I'm just giving you an example. There are thousands of examples like this. You've got to get it right. You've got to get it. It's important to get it right. It's not just because you, you're some theologian that you've got to get it right. You've got to know the truth, and you've got to get it right. That's why it's so important to be in fellowship with God's people, to listen to good sermons and good teaching, to get into the Word yourself and just immerse yourself in that stuff. Okay, enough said on that. So, therefore, study God and integrate his truth into every aspect of your life as if your life depended upon it, because it does. All right, so that's, um, that's number one. That's number two. That's the second um, foundation to stand on. The second foundation is related to that. The third one is stand on the truth about what? Stand on the truth about you. This is really, really important. Um, Satan is a liar, he's an accuser, he's a slanderer, and he's a killer. 
He wants to kill you. He wants to, he wants to mess up your life. He will attack every truth of God about you to accuse, slander, and kill the life of God in you. That's what he, like, that's what he loves to do. So to the degree to which you are ignorant of, doubt, or deny what God says about you, to that degree, you will be vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. Let me repeat that. To the degree to which you are ignorant of, doubt, or deny what God says about you, to that degree, you will be vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. That's one of his key places and ways to attack. So let's take an example once again. Let's, let's, um, let's look at Ephesians 2, 4 through 7. Um, somebody find that. Mary, why don't you find that for us? Ephesians 2, 4 through 7, and, and um, read it to us, but everybody be looking at it, and here's what I want you to look for. What are the truths in this, these verses about you? What is God saying about you in these verses? Go ahead. So give us some. Uh, there's a bunch of them. What's some, what's some truth about you in, this, in these verses? You want to get us started, Mary? He loves us. Okay. Yep. How much does he love us? What's it say? Yeah, even when we were, he, and, and it calls it great love. It's great love. Yeah, what else does it say about us? Okay, this is what God is showing us. He's shown it to us now, and he will continue to show it to us. I like to say the reason eternity will be eternity is because it will take God that long to show how much he loves us in Christ. A thousand years won't be enough to show us how much he loves us. A million years won't be enough to show us how much he loves us. A million, million, million years will not be enough for God to show us how much he loves us. It'll take eternity. Wow. That's true about you, Steve. That's true, okay? What else? What else is in this passage? We're saved by grace. Absolutely. That's so important, you know? We're not saved by grace. You know, Satan will play on that. You know, how can you call yourself a Christian? You do this, this, that, you know, he'll tear you down, tear you down. He says, I'm saved by grace. Now, that's not an excuse. We all know that that's not an excuse to be a bum, but it, it, it does mean that, that we're saved by grace. Okay, not by works. What else? What does it say there? Say that again. Okay, 
I want to correct that. What's the tense on that? It's not you will be seated. What's it say? We are seated right now. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. In the spiritual sense, we have already arrived. Our destiny is not in question. Spiritually, we are already citizens of heaven. We are with God in heaven. Colossians 3, 1 through 3 says, you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Wow, man, people meditate on this stuff. This is amazing stuff. I could spend a week meditating on it. Your life is now hidden, right now, hidden somehow spiritually with Christ in God. And then it goes on to say, and when Christ, who is your life, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. You are in glory now. It just doesn't appear it. We're sitting there in shorts and jeans and whatever. But we are with Christ in glory, seated with him. I mean, these are truths. These are truths that we need to know about ourselves and just revel in, rejoice in. Don't let Satan or anybody else tear you down. Okay? All right? It doesn't mean, I, you know, there's so many things. I look at my life day by day and I think, there's so many things I do wrong. There's so many things I do wrong. There's so many things that I don't do that I should do. Yeah. Don't you all feel that? We all feel that. And, and Satan plays on that. And we've got to immerse ourselves in these truths. Because that's true. There are a lot of things that I do wrong. That's true too. But it doesn't, it doesn't uh, erase the truth of God's who I am in Christ God's love for me. You can look on the back of your sheet. Turn your sheets completely over to the very back. Um, and there's, there's uh, who I am in Christ. Um, I want you to just look at that. Um, t- take that home and use that for meditation. Um, I, l- I love this list. Th- this, this is just from the word of God. Read, those, read each verse and meditate on the truth. Read each verse, meditate on the truth. Really, I'm, I'm, I guarantee this will, this will encourage your soul. This will encourage your soul, all right? Um, th- this is what spiritual warfare is. Satan is trying to darken our souls. Take us down, darken our souls. Take us down, darken our souls. Take us down, take us down, take us down. The truth of God about you. Let it, let it lift you up, okay? All right, so the foundation um, the truth of God about you. Um, so, just think about it, though. What vulnerability would the ignorance of, doubting of, or denial of these truths open up in your life? Some, some of us are just, we just don't want to believe it. We just can't believe it. And so we actually say, we're just shaking our heads and going, no, no. Maybe true of some people. That's not true of me. It's true of you. If you're in Christ, this is true of you. Don't deny it. Don't doubt it. Don't be in ignorance of it. These are important things, okay? Um, Take that sheet of paper. I mean, that's really, really, really powerful stuff. All right. Um, So now, those are the foundations. We're going to wrap up with two important 
practices. The first is assume and then command and pray. What are you supposed to assume? Well, assume that Satan is involved. Just assume it. You have to wonder, okay, I'm trying to make a good decision here. Uh, I don't know if Satan's involved in trying to disrail me or not. No, he is. Just assume it, okay? <laughs> Probably 99% of the time he is there. He's trying to derail you. Um, if you're down in the dumps, say, I don't know. This could be just physical. It could be just because I've been sick and tired and all that stuff. Maybe, maybe it's just my personality. I don't know if Satan's involved. He's involved. Just assume that he's involved. He's prowling around like a roaring lion. Don't you think that if you have a propensity for being down and in the dumps, maybe you have a propensity towards depression, don't you think that this guy that's prowling around like a roaring lion that wants to destroy your life, don't you think he's there? He's there. Somebody, one of, the, one of his guys, it might be one of his lowly little minion dudes, but somebody's there. So just assume it. All right, that's the first thing. Just assume that he's there. And then command, pray him to leave. Stop, be gone. Luke 10, take the authority of Christ. You're feeling down. You know, you're just feeling down and discouraged. And you, and you say, man, I just woke up feeling this way. You know the first thing I do? I say, powers of darkness, be gone in Jesus' name. Powers of darkness causing discouragement, be gone in Jesus' name, all right? And then take steps. No, but here's a caveat. You have to really want him to leave. Some people revel in their downness, and they've gotten so used to their downness that they really aren't, you're not really sure that they really want to be bright, um, so you have to really want him to go because Satan knows when you're lying, okay? He knows when you're putting him on. Um, if you're not serious about it, he's going to just go, nah, you're not serious about it, Kyle. You're not, you know, you're telling me to leave, but you're not really, I, I know, you know, you're really, you're not really ready to come out of this thing. When you're ready to come out of it, say, Satan be gone in Jesus' name, okay? And now, and then take steps towards the Spirit towards what the Spirit wants to lead you to. Love, joy, peace. You know, start to fill your minds with those kinds of things. Now, um, the th I think I've got these on here. Yeah, assume Satan's involved. Command him to pray, to leave, stop, be gone in Jesus' name. Um, listen for the word of the Spirit. Take the step with towards the Spirit. You see, when you command Satan to shut up and be gone, you'll be able to hear the Spirit a lot better. Now, the Spirit, I'm not even talking about audible words. I'm just talking about the Word of God that you know, the truth of God that you know. It will come more to you then. You will be more able to appreciate it and remember it if you take that step. But it's not magic, people. It's not magic. And that's where people get, get, get um, wrapped up. They think, well, what I'm talking about is just some kind of a magic spell. You say, in Jesus' name, um, depression be gone, and I'm, suddenly I'm just like this. Absolutely not. There's a lot of reasons why you are down in this dump. It, some of it might be physical. And, and commanding Satan to leave doesn't take care of the physical side. It just takes care of Satan. Okay? It might be a habit. It might be a habit that you have of just negative thoughts, negative thoughts. Well, commanding Satan to leave does not deal with your habit. It just deals with Satan. Okay? So you still need to deal with that. But what happens is, what you've done is, you've gotten Satan out of the way. 
You see, if you're down in the dumps, Satan's there whispering in your ear, you know? He's, get, he's taking your hand and trying to drag you. He's trying to drag you. You say, Satan, be gone. And suddenly his voice is, is stilled and he's let go of your arm. And then you can think clearly. And yeah, you still got this, you still maybe got a physical propensity towards depression. And uh, maybe, maybe it's chemical and you need to t- take some medications for it or something. Yeah, absolutely. But if, you, if you've got that, deal. it's simple, you guys. Just, t- just take the authority and get rid of the sucker. Get rid of him. You still got, you got plenty of stuff to deal with to get out of this hole without Satan going like this. So that's all I'm saying. So it's not magic. It's just part of the solution, all right? Um, if you're tired and you're just tired and draggy, uh, it, it's, it may be physical. You've had a busy week and you're just worn out. Um, and you say, but these discouraging thoughts, these down thoughts, these dark thoughts, um, just say, Satan, be gone in Jesus' name. Any powers of darkness that are bringing uh, bad thoughts, negative thoughts, dark thoughts to my, to my life, to my heart, be gone in Jesus' name. And then deal with it. Deal with it. Maybe you have to take a nap, you know? Maybe you need to listen to some good music, you know? It's not the final solution. It's just one part of it. It deals with Satan, not with the rest. Okay, you, you see what I'm saying here? All right, but, but do that. It really, really helps. It really, really helps. You know, sometimes you're walking, I'm walking in, uh, you know, I'm a guy, just a confession. You know, you're walking down the, walking down the street and um, some, some gal walks by in short shorts and, and, and there's, just, there's this kind of overwhelming sense of, I got to look at that gal. And the thoughts start to come. And you're going, man, where did that come from? Well, yeah, I'm a guy, but in the name of Jesus, Satan, be gone. And I'll, I'll guarantee you that that just lessens. You still got to deal with it. You're still a guy, and you still got that. But work on it, okay? Um, he's there. You know he's there, taking, making, taking those steps. So just assume that he's there. Command him to leave. Listen for the word of the Spirit. Take, take the steps towards what the Spirit wants you to do. And deal with it, but it's not magic, okay? It just deals with Satan. It doesn't deal with the whole problem, all right? Um, all right, so. Finally, don't give the devil an opportunity. Kick him out and close the door. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 as we wrap up here. Um, Joe, why don't you read that for us? Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Okay, so this is talking about giving some kind of opportunity to the devil, all right? Some kind of opportunity in your life. It doesn't sound like that's a very good idea, thing to do, okay? <laughs> giving the devil an opportunity. So what is it? Uh, Joe, in this passage, that gives the devil an opportunity. Okay, thank you. Very good. It's not ju- notice. It's not just anger. Notice, don't let the sun go down on your anger. What's that all about? Why does he say that? Why is that an important part? Okay, you're holding on to that anger. Okay. Um, and so 
anger, anger comes. Um, I don't know about you, but it just comes. I don't, I don't have to invite anger. I don't have to think about anger. There are certain things that happen, and I just get angry. Okay? Well, it says, don't let the sun go down on that anger. What he's saying is, deal with that anger quickly. Even if it's somewhat legitimate, you know what? There are things that should make us angry. There are things that make God angry. I just pray that the things that make God angry are the things that make me angry and not, not other things, you know? But we have to be very, very careful because the Bible says the anger of man does not accomplish the purpose of God. We are not like God. It's hard for us to handle our anger, even if it's righteous anger. God can do it. God can balance his anger with love and mercy and truth and justice. We have a hard time doing that. What happens when you're angry? What is that? It's such a strong emotion. What does it do? It, yeah, it clouds everything. It just, suddenly you're just filled with this thing. It's like a bad smoke in there and, or something that's clogging things up and you just don't think, think well or anything. So when you're, when you, you can see that what happens then, this strong emotion of anger comes. If you don't deal with it, man, it gives Satan, you're not thinking straight, you know, you're just angry and you, you forget everything. You forget wisdom. You forget truth. You forget what's good. You forget love. Ah, and Satan just plays on that. It gives him an opportunity to start doing some bad stuff in your life. Okay? So, um, it says, don't give Satan an opportunity. Um, so, it, there's kind of a word picture here. That word for opportunity, some of, some of you that may have read about spiritual warfare realize that that word for opportunity is really the word topos in Greek, which means land, means a place or a, a, a yeah, a, a, a space or room, like topography. That's where you get the word topography, and that's what it is. So it's saying holding on to your anger or something like that gives, gives Satan this area to, to gives him a step into your life so he can start messing around. Okay. So that's why it's called kick him out, kick him out and close the door, kick him out and close the door. Um, because what, so I like what Joe said. It's not just anger. Um, I think this could apply to jealousy. I think it could apply to envy. I think it could apply to hate. Yeah, and, and needing to, to do, yeah, I was going to say, grudges and revenges, just feeling that. Ill, illegitimate desires of all sorts, doubt, discouragement, all these kinds of things that come upon us um, and just kind of bring a darkness and cloudiness to our thinking and our minds. Um, Satan loves to play in there with these kinds of things. So um, it says, don't let the sun go down on this stuff. It, it's going to happen to us. It's going to happen to us. And there's reason for, for things like that to happen, sadness, all kinds of things to happen to us. But just don't wallow in that stuff, okay? Don't wallow in it. Work at getting, getting, getting out of it, okay? Um, and... 
this is, this is harder for some things than others, okay? Um, it's harder for some people than others. Some people seem to have a harder time with anger than other people. Some people just don't seem to get angry. Some people just are plagued with anger. But that's, if that's it, you've got to work on that. Yeah, it's not fair, but life isn't fair. I mean, that's just the way it is. You've got to deal with it, you know? Some people have a stronger sexual urge than others. Well, if you've got the stronger sexual urge, you've got to deal with it. You've got to deal with it. So um, deal with it. So um, how, do you, how do you kick him out and close the door? Let's just take this example of anger, okay? So you're, you're angry. You know, somebody, somebody at the office says something that's just, ugh, and you get in an argument, and you just go home, and you're just grumbling, and, oh, man, those guys don't appreciate me, and you're just angry, 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 angry. What do you do? How do you kick him out and close the door? You pray, yes, pray in the authority of Jesus. First of all, what I would do is, you just know, again, it goes back, these two go together. Just assume that he's part of this, that he wants to build on your anger and just say, um, you can pray, God, protect me from the powers of darkness. I'm angry right now. Powers of darkness be gone. God, protect me from these guys. They want to play on my anger. And then Spirit of God, help me. Help me to deal with my anger. And then... What we do is say, God, I'm sorry for my anger. And Holy Spirit, you have to have the desire. Express to God your desire, okay? Express to God your desire and your weakness. Say, um, we go back to the beginning when we talked about keeping in step with the Spirit. Say, God, I want to keep in step with the Spirit. I feel like I'm not right now. I feel like I'm not. Help me to keep in step with the Spirit. And then Think about what direction does the Spirit want me to take? I'm angry right now. Satan, be gone. You're trying to push my thoughts in a certain direction. Be gone. Spirit of God, what direction do you want my thoughts and my feelings to take right now? Okay. All right, I'm going to try. I'm going to try putting a foot here. Try putting a foot there. God, help me. And Satan, stay away. Stay away. I know you're going to try and bring me back to that. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Now, um, the body of Christ is really important here, okay? Um, a lot of these battles we try and fight on our own. Don't try and fight it on your own, okay? Um, take advantage of the body of Christ. And um, I might say another thing. If, if, if some of these things are a pattern in your life, um, you might need extra special help. That's why I'm, I'm all for Christian counselors. I'm not for secular counselors, Absolutely not. They're not going to get at the things that there are, yeah, proviso here. There are Christian counselors that aren't very good. But I wouldn't even go to a good secular counselor for things like this. I would go to a Christian counselor trying to find one because hopefully they will help you get at some of this stuff 
that's going on. It's not all just psychological. It's spiritual too. Um, and you may need to do that. You might need, you might be so enwrapped in negative thoughts from way back for 30 years that you need help unraveling all this and stepping out into the light and, and, and saying no to all the lies and all the garbage that's built up in your mind and your heart over all these years. You might need some really help on that. What I'm talking about is if, if, you're, if, you're, if, you've, if you've been able to crawl out of a hole like that and you're living your life day by day and, you know, Satan's tempting you with uh, playing on your anger, playing on your discouragement, playing on your tiredness, I'm talking about those kinds of things. This stuff really helps. But if, you've, if, you've, if you're in a pit or maybe there's something physically, you know, you're, you're just, you know, I got the friend um, who were one of my, our colleagues who, uh, yeah, he had a serious problem with depression, suicidal thoughts and stuff. And, and, and no doubt about it, some of this was chemical and he had to deal with that. But deal with the spiritual side too. Deal with the spiritual side. All right, so that's it, 7.30. Um, there's applications there. So that, there's just a little something to think about from each of the points that we talked about tonight. Satan is on a leash. Um, there's a little meditation application there. Stand on the authority of Christ. There's a little application there. Stand on the truth about God and his ways. Little application there. Stand on the truth about you. Little application. Assume and command and pray. Little practice thing that you can practice um, don't give the devil an opportunity. Um, little something you can practice there. So again, I encourage you to make the most of this time. Um, do, do those applications. All right. Any last comment or question? Anybody got? Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah, a lot of you guys were really every every week. Some of you guys. And almost every week, okay, you guys had crisis, but uh, yeah. All right, well, thank you guys. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you. Thank you that, that you are sovereign and thank you that you love us. Thank you that we are secure in Christ. Thank you that our lives are hidden with Christ in God, that even now somehow in ways we don't even, we can't even comprehend, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms beyond Satan is down. He's fallen. He's not in heaven. He can't, he can't get to our, the destiny of our lives. Um, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. We just thank you for that. And as, as he tries to mess with our minds and, and lie and, 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 and uh, influence our lives, I just pray that we can, we can stand firm in the truth, stand firm in Christ. Help these people, Lord, to be victorious and help them to be... Um, 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 influences for victory in the lives of others. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.